So did anyone show up at uh, 7 a.m. to uh, Mass this Sunday? No, no one. Uh, there's twice a year you're guaranteed a, a good mood from Father John Claydar. Uh, the first one is the opening of golf, golf season, his first round, and the second time is today. He gets an extra hour of sleep. So last Sunday, we started with this gospel. It's Mark chapter 12, and we're just continuing on. So if you remember, it spoke of a scribe who approached Jesus and asked him what the greatest commandment was, which is kind of odd because not only is he a faithful Jew, they would have said the greatest commandment twice a day, but he's also highly educated. He would have absolutely known what the greatest commandment was, but nonetheless, he approaches him and asks, and Jesus, for his part, responds. He says to love God, but then he tacks on it, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The teaching that these are inseparably one, and that Jesus is the fulfillment of this, of the law itself. And then the scribe, for his part, he affirms that. He repeats it back to Jesus, then he adds on something. And he says this is worth more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices to follow this holy law. And Jesus says, you are not far from the kingdom. In other words, yeah, you get it, man. Good on you. Now practice it. It's a beautiful exchange. It's a, it's a hopeful one uh, that this man, the scribe, was, was truly asking Jesus uh, this question, was he on the right path? But then so this Sunday, just a few verses later, this is verse 38, uh, when Jesus is teaching now in the temple, we sort of experience some biblical whiplash with these scribes. It says, in the course of his teaching, Jesus said to the crowds, Beware of the scribes who like to go along, along in long robes, accept greetings, seats of honor, places of honor. He's listing pride, greed, avarice, gluttony, places of honor at banquets. That's where all the food is, those places of honor. And then by the end of the gospel, we hear this famous widow's story, which is given. It reflects greatly on our first reading that of First Kings, Elijah the prophet asking a widow and her son for food during a severe drought. So how do we explain all these movements from that really good encounter we heard of last Sunday, the scribe and Jesus, to that whiplash of Jesus saying, beware of the scribes, and then to these two desolate widows. So firstly, not to forget, Jesus is God, He's the master teacher, the fulfillment of the prophets, the covenants, the temple itself where he's teaching. And he's that which the scribes are scribing about. And what I think he's saying is this. It's one thing to intellectually get it, to love God and to love your neighbor. And that first scribe last week, he certainly got that. It's even then another thing to physically live it out well, which we could hope he was trying to do. That's why he was legitimately asking Jesus but it's the most perfect thing, and dare I say the rare thing, to give everything in that. Even when we don't want to, and even after we feel we've satisfied the law. These widows are examples of it perfectly. The first one in First Kings, Elijah's kind of, you know, got to get it out of her, like, no, no, come on, give me, give me. But then in our gospel, this woman freely gives her own volition. So First Kings, Elijah says, please bring me a small, cup full of water to drink. She left to get it. Water's not a big deal. But then he called out after her as she was walking away, please bring me also a bit of bread. 
The widow says, if the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked. There's only a handful of flour in my jar and little oil in my jug. When my son and I have exhausted that, we will die. And Elijah, in response to that, effectively says, yeah, I appreciate it, but I would still love a piece of bread. Would you mind? <laughs> he says, do not be afraid. For the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of flour shall not go empty, nor the jug of oil run dry, until the day when the Lord sends rain upon the earth. That's a lot of faith that he's imposing on this woman, that there will eventually be rain upon this earth. In our gospel, calling his disciples, he says, Amen, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the other people. For they've contributed from their surplus, but she, from her poverty, contributed all she had, her entire livelihood. So these women were already faithful. One could assume they were living the law quite well, despite their horrible circumstances in life. Both at the most vulnerable and desperate tier of society. One is literally one cup of flour, a drag of oil away from starvation and death. But through it all, they trusted. Even despite logic, they gave everything, and they exhausted themselves, even embraced further destitution. These scribes, however, right, sheesh, they, they follow the laws perfectly, probably just like these women. They are at the temple worshiping. They recite their prayers faithfully every day, and they know what they're saying. But underneath it all, they are no true believer, that a true believer gives everything. To ask ourselves this week, brothers and sisters, do we give everything? And we're not just talking about flour or oil or even money. We're talking about our, our time, our emotions, our sufferings, our joys, our sorrows, our worries, wounds, and sins. Uh, to give that all to the Lord um, in our hearts. To not hide anything from him. And to believe, just as Elijah told that widow, uh, that the Lord will send rain upon the earth. If he could bring good from his death on the cross, he could bring good from anything in our life. But he desires us to give it to him.